Praise God. As I said in the, uh, during the anointing that we just had, that today, today you're going to be set free. Today you're going to be set free. You're going to learn how to get victory over those challenging times in your life when they come your way. Some of you are in the midst of storms right now as I speak. Some of you have things going on in your lives right now that are challenging you. But know that today you'll learn how to be victorious. Know that today you'll learn how to be set free. We have so much to praise God for. There's great power in giving honor to God. Many of you who live that truth out, many of you live that truth out every single day of your lives. Many of us fall short of doing that. The Bible is filled with examples of praise. We see God's power released. We see life-changing miracles in the Bible. We see dramatic stories of the enemy being halted or defeated. We see hearts being changed and hearts being drawn closer to him. However, the reality is that way too often the daily struggles of our constant lives, our life demands, can crowd out our praise to God. By virtue of the things that we have to do on a day-to-day basis can sometimes crowd out our praise to God. We often, during praise and worship, simply kind of check the praise box at church and somehow think that we're good for the week. Some of us come to church knowing that the service starts with us doing praise and worship. And so you kind of go through that check. I've done that. Okay, I'm good for the week. I did my weekly praise during church. And all the while, with our souls being distant and cold, we sing the words to the song and we listen to the music. And then we go home. We stand there, we hit the checkbox. Yep, I did my praise today. And while we're praising and worshiping, our minds and our souls are distant, drifting someplace, going through the motions, and you're singing, but where's your heart? Where's your heart? Many of us do not realize the importance of really getting deep into the singing and deep into what we are singing. If you look at the lyrics that are up on the screen behind me, you will see that many of those words there sometimes are taken from the Psalms, the book of Psalms. And in, in essence, they're prayer, they're prayers. So while we are praising God, instead of our minds being over some distant place and just kind of wandering around or with other distractions going on, how often do we really focus in on what we're doing? So many times we listen to music with our spirits distant and cold, and then we wind up just simply going home. Sometimes it really is a sacrifice to offer praise. We don't always feel like praising. We may not feel like it. We're struggling. We're weary. We're tired. You may even be sleepy getting up early on a Sunday morning to come to church. Or maybe we feel like in some cases that God has let us down. In some cases we feel that God has let us down. We've all had those times in our lives where there was something really, really trying going on and things didn't go the way that we thought they should have gone. And in our heart of hearts, we maybe had to quench that thought, but the thought kind of popped up, oh, well, God didn't come through for me. God let me down. It's not always easy to praise God. Sometimes we even think that God is distant. We think that God is off someplace else, that he's far away, or that God really doesn't care about what's troubling us. It's hard to praise when you're thinking and you're feeling like that. But here's what can make a lasting difference in your life. Here's something that can change the way things are happening in your life. When we make that decision, 
When we make that decision, I can't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. When you make that decision to fix your eyes on him and to daily, to daily give him praise, get in the habit of daily giving him praise, no matter what, no matter what is, is, is staring you in the face, no matter what is before you for that particular day. When you make your mind up that you're going to fix your eyes on God and that you're going to give him praise regardless of what's going on, you suddenly realize that God has already begun to unwind and release the grip of that thing that is going on in your life. You'll begin to suddenly realize as you're praising, well, gee whiz, God is indeed here. And you feel that grip that he has on you, whatever that troubling thing is, releasing its hold on you. There's power, there's awesome power in our acknowledgement. That he is worthy of our praise and worship. It's an important part of our Christian walk. We can't, you know, you know, no more would you just forget about praying to God. Should we forget about praising God? The Holy Spirit urges us to press in close to him. Holy Spirit's desire is for you to move more directly closer to him. It doesn't matter how good or not so good you can sing. The word of God says to make a joyful noise to the Lord. It doesn't matter if you like upbeat worship music, if you like country Christian music, if you like full gospel, I mean, down in, uh, what do you call it, uh, spiritual hymns. It doesn't matter what kind of music that you prefer or traditional hymns. It doesn't matter if you are alone. It doesn't matter if there's just a few of you. We have seen through the Bible, through the, through the Bible record, the power of corporate praise. What happens when praise is a group of people praise, uh, uh, pray together. But if you're by yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter whether you feel like praising or not. What matters is this, that your hearts must be in tune with your creator and with your king. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it. That's why when I first started out here this morning, I asked, Who wanted to grow closer to God? Because only you can answer that question. You can raise your hand and so I can see. Raise your hand so that others here in the sanctuary can see that, yes, I want to go closer to God. Oh, boy, bully for you. Good. Look, he raised his hand. She raised her hand. But how are you feeling deep in your heart? Do you really want to get closer to God? Do you really, really, really want to be in tune with our creator and with his Holy Spirit? The power of praise, the awesome power of praise, what it can do. I'm going to give you eight things, eight things to look at and to remember here today. If you have pencil and paper, you want to jot some notes down, I encourage you to do so. But these are eight things that you can do. And I say to you, if you really, 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 really are seeking a change in your life, and if you really, 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 really want to get closer to God, And again, not raising your hand simply because I see it or others around you can see it. But you really, really, really want it. That's between you and God. And you make up in your heart that you're going to to get a praise routine going with God every single day. Many times a day. That's to be on a schedule. Praise God in the shower. Praise God when you're doing the dishes. Praise God while you're driving the car. But get into this habit of praising God. You'll see wondrous and miraculous things happening in your life. We're going to discuss eight things, eight ways in which you'll see that. The first one is to understand that praise invites his presence. The first one is praise invites his presence. I'll give you a chance to jot it down. Praise invites his presence. It's only up to you how closely you really, really, really want to commit yourself to, to knowing God. 
You want to draw closer to him. Well, there's ways that you can draw closer to him. Praise invites his presence. God dwells close to us when we praise him. God dwells close to us when we praise him. This is where he lives. This is where where he lives. He looks for it. Again, not my words. Let's see what the word of God says. Let's go to the book of Psalms. You really got to, if you really are serious about being victorious, if you really are serious about changing your life and, and being more victorious, having things open up for you and, 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 and really changing things around and giving you a different outlook on life and being victorious, you'll understand that these are not my words. This is coming from the word of God. Praise invites God's presence. God lives there. Psalm 22 Psalm 22, verse number 3. Matter of fact, let's, do, let's start with two. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabits the praises of Israel. The word inhabit means to live. It doesn't mean to visit, but God inhabits the praises of his people. You want God, to, you want to be where God lives, then you need to be praising him. If you go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter, first book of Peter, chapter 2. Only you can change your life around. But you've got to be serious about, about what it is that you want to do and taking God at his word. 1, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises, underline the word praises, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Do you believe and understand that when you decided to, to answer the call of God that was calling you for all of the years before you, when you were a sinner, before you decided to come to Jesus Christ, that God called you? And because of the fact that you responded to that call, he called you out of the darkness that you were in into his marvelous light. But how many of us are living lives like we're living in the light of God? How many of us are living lives that show forth the, 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 the light and the glory of God? If you're struggling and if you're mired down by the things of this world, if you're mired down by things that people would just call common occurrences, if you're, log, if you're logged down and bogged down with the issues, quote unquote, of life, then you're not living in his light. You're living in darkness because you're in bondage. You haven't been set free or you're holding yourself captive and in bondage. But he's called you into his glorious light. But it, show, it says right there, though, we are a, 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 a chosen generation. You've got to get yourself to really, really believe. You know, some people talk about, oh, don't think you're so special. That child thinks that she's so special. Okay? We are special. We are a chosen generation in that God has chosen us and we accepted his invitation. That does not mean we're puffed up with a haughty spirit, but knowing that you are of the chosen people of God. You are a peculiar people. We are odd in that we do, we do not get worried and bogged down by the things of life the way the non-believer or the unbeliever does. 
When there's chaos going on around you, we are still up. We're buoyed by the Holy Spirit of God because we know that God will fulfill all of his promises. So we're peculiar people and, 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 and we are a chosen generation. It says that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. So all that God did for you, you mean to say that you can't praise him? Or that you can't find time to praise him. So remember there that God lives where there is praise. Praise invites God's presence. And we'll see more about how indeed how that works when you do praise. Number two, the second item here is praise brings us to a place of humility. If you want to write that down. Praise brings us to a place of humility. Praise brings us to a place of humility. We remember our dependency on God. As we acknowledge our need for him, we remember our dependency on God as we acknowledge our need for him. As we praise him as creator and king of this world, we admit and recognize that we are not in control, but he is. He's above all. You see, the trap that we Christians oftentimes get in and and whatnot, and, and that we may stand up a quick prayer when we've got an issue in life that's going on. But pray just simply praying God is not the same as you praising God. Amen. Amen. And so many times we still think that we are able to to, to solve our own issues, that we are able to manage whatever it is that is going on in our lives. You see, but 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 we can't. We got to remember that 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 he is who he says he is and that he is indeed above all. So when you see these things going on in your life and when your back is against the wall and you're worried about this, worried about your family member, your loved one, your, your, your job or whatever it is that's going on, that, that you have to remember that, well, 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 let me get back to some basic thing and let me start praising him. Okay? You get to the point that you may not even understand, you may not even understand how to approach God with your particular issue or situation. You may not fully know how to articulate or to express to God what it is that you're feeling. So the first thing you should start to do is simply start praising him. Start praising him, okay? And there is something special. There's a power in your praise. And many of us Christians simply overlook that. We don't realize this fundamental truth that, that, that there's power in your praise. God inhabits the praise of his people. And then, like I said, God re, uh, our praise re, reminds us of, of our humility. It makes us humble in knowing that we cannot do anything without God. When you're praising God, when you're saying you're king of kings, you're lord of lords, I exalt you. You, you know that you, you, if you are singing that to God, or if you're saying that to God, that he's king of kings and lord of lords and, and all of these wonderful things you're saying, then obviously that should make you realize that that's not you. You understand what I'm saying? You're getting what I'm saying there? That, that God is indeed much greater. But you have to realize that in order for you to acknowledge it. We can't do things in ourselves. Okay, let's go to Psalm 95. Psalm 95. When you get in the habit of praising it, it keeps you in a, 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 a place of humility. Psalm 95. Oh, I'm giving you some meat here today. Some meat. Psalm 95. And let's start with um, verse number one. Psalm 95. Praise the living God. Praise God. Okay, we're not in a rush. I'll wait for everyone to get there. Praise God. It's more important that we get this. Psalm 95, verse number 1. Come, let us sing unto the Lord. 
Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Put an underlined joyful noise. Joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. It doesn't say that all of us have to be smooth crooners and singers. It's saying to make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. And a great king above all gods. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Again, coming before the Lord and making a joyful noise, knowing that he is the king. You know, you know, if we can go to a football game and celebrate our favorite team, and when they come running out onto the field, people stand up out of their seats and they're, yeah, 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 yeah. The touchdown, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, in, in essence, we're kind of praising those people. We're so, so, so glad that they are who they are and they're far from being God. But when it comes down to us praising God and, and, and thanking him and knowing who he is, we, we as Christians many times just fall short of that. We forget that who God is in our lives. In Psalm 35, you go back to Psalm 35 and we see here. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 35 Verse uh, 18, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise the underline the word praise. I will praise thee among much people. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. There it is again, giving thanks and praising God. They go hand in hand. Okay, says so in the great congregation. And interesting, if you look um, up at the previous verse, Verse, uh, let's go up to 16. The whole, the whole psalm is great, but to just drive home the point of the praising. In verse number 16, uh, let's go to verse 15, 15. But in mine adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and ceased not. Do you ever feel like there are people that are plotting against you? Sometimes in, in the office place there, you've got some horrible politics that are going on and you may see things happening where people are not not exactly uh, supportive of you or what it is that you're trying to accomplish. There may be things in the neighborhood, in the school or whatever environment that you're in where, where, where they're, like it says, they gathered themselves against me and I knew it not. You don't know what people are thinking. They did tear me and cease not. Verse 16, with hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. So here with this stuff going on and they're saying, basically, these people are coming all against me. All this stuff is going on in my life and they're coming down. It doesn't say that I'm going to retaliate with a 45 gun. I'm going to do some gun. It says I will praise you in the congregation. You don't know what's going on around you. You ever have a really bad day at work? Although you come in the office in the morning and there's something on your desk and oh boy, here it is. It's starting already and whatnot. So instead of you getting all bent out of shape and so worried, why don't you just take some time, go into the restroom. If you have a door to your office, close the door and simply start praising God. Because at that point at nine o'clock in the morning, you don't know what's going on behind your back. You don't know what somebody might have in mind for you. You don't know what they might be plotting against you. 
All you know is that you have this feeling that there's so much going on. They're coming against me. Lord, I can't win. What's what? What's what? Praise God. Praise him in the congregation. You've got to realize, again, God is a greater being than you, a most powerful being. He can fix, th- fix things in your life that you can't dream of fixing and touching. First place, you don't even know what may be going on behind the scenes. But God does. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. And what happens when you praise God again? What happens? God inhabits the praises of his people. You want God on your side? You want God there? You try praising him. You try praising him. Praise gets us, uh, uh, we also see here in, the, in, in the, let's go to uh, Psalm 35. Let's go to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 63. Praise brings us to a place of humility. And this is so important. Praise six, uh, Psalm 63. Go to verse 1. God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. If you've got something going on in your life that you're really struggling with, it's like being in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Because you're struggling, you're wrestling with something. Will I seek thee? Where no water is. Verse 2. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. To see thy power and thy glory, as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Underline, my lips shall praise thee. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. How many times can you really, really praise God with that love in your heart for him? And then verse number four, thus will I, will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Underline, I will lift up my hands in thy name. This point number two was, as I said, praise brings us to a place of humility. Part of praising God is when you can praise him in lifting up your hands because that is humility. It is showing that, Lord, I surrender to you because you are greater than I. You're greater than me. I cannot do what I, what I can in this situation, but you can, O oh Lord. Only you are able to. This is where praise, the use of hands in praising God is mentioned. I read someplace some 515 times in the Bible here about lifting my hands in praise to God. Because it's, it, it, it's, it's you signifying, Lord, in humility, I'm raising my hands to you. You're greater than I. I surrender to you. So again, this is the position of your spirit. This is a position. And this is something that no one can mandate you do. Some people just feel uncomfortable and raising their hands. Well, so be it. But if you get to the place in God where you love him so much, sometimes it just takes you beyond uh, who's looking at me or I feel uncomfortable or whatever. And just saying, if in your heart you really feel, Lord, I can't do this without you. Lord, I surrender to you. Then your hands will be up in the air without you even making a conscious effort of it. But I'm just giving you this to say to you. The word of God speaks about praising him, really, really praising God unselfishly with humility in your heart. Point number three is praise gets our focus off of ourselves and back on God. Praise gets our focus off ourselves and back on God. Praise gets our focus off ourselves And back on God. 
I'll wait for you to finish writing. Praise God. Praise gets our focus off ourselves and back on God. There are many times we live in a, a selfie-focused world. See everyone walking around taking selfies these days. Taking selfies. Taking selfies. We were watching um, War of the Worlds with the grandkids yesterday. And those of you that have seen it, just at the time that the alien comes up out of that hole and makes known, it makes himself presence known on the street. And some people are running away, they're scampering. There's one guy with a camera taking picture of this thing. Everyone else is running and he's taking a picture. At the time, I said to my wife, who was sitting there, I said, it'd be funny if he turned around and took a selfie of himself trying to catch that monster coming up out of that hole <laughs> as he got trampled and everything. But that's where we live today. We live in such a selfie-focused world. We need this constant re- reminder that life is not all about us. Life is not all about you. It's not all about me. But we remain so self-centered. We may know that in our heads, but so often, many times in our hearts, we think differently. Maybe in our heads we'll say to ourselves, it's not all about me, I'm not so self-centered, but how do you think really, really in your heart? We are prone to selfishness. We are. We are prone to being selfish. God desires our eyes to be set firmly on him because that's where our true hope is found. He's worthy of our praise no matter what we face from day to day. So don't be so self-centered and so focused on yourself and so selfish that you think that you can handle your problem. If you could handle your problem, then you would have done so a long time ago and you wouldn't be there wrestling with it. Amen? Amen? He is worthy of our praise no matter what we face from day to day. Let's go to Psalm 150. As you can see, so much of the praise information is right there in Psalms. Psalm 150. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 150, and just starting with verse number one. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Underline that. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praising God. Praising God. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him for his excellent greatness. You ever stop and think that sometimes when you, you, you get blessed, when a blessing comes into your life, when something you've been, been praying for, the, the prayer is answered and things are materialized, or you get an unexpected raise at work, or, or, or you, you, your child comes home with an excellent grade and everything like that, and, and, and or wins the basketball game. You ever think about giving praise to God? Just saying, oh Lord, I praise you. I praise you. Recognizing that without God, your child wouldn't have a breath in him or her to play that game. Knowing that without God, you wouldn't have a breath in you to get to work to do what you did. Knowing that without God, you wouldn't have the ability to do anything that you, that you are do. You do realize, you do realize that we actually do not have to, while you're sitting there or I'm standing, I don't have to stand here and say to myself, breathe, one, two, three, four. 
Breathe, one, two, three, four. Or heartbeat, boom, 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 heartbeat. I don't have to stop and think about that. Oh, it's the autonomous, it's the autonomous what is it, where, uh, nervous system, it's the this, it's the that. God created that. God created that. Without God, you wouldn't even be taking a breath. You wouldn't have a heartbeat. You don't have to consciously think about doing that. But do we praise God for the things that happen wonderfully in our lives? Psalm 35 says, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of all your praise all the day long. So praise should not just be, matter of fact, let's just go there real quickly so you can underline it. Because I see many of you are indeed taking notes, so you may want to refer back to the scriptures. Praise God. Who wants to really, really draw close to God? Who really, really wants to know him? Psalm 35, verse 28. Psalm 35, verse 28. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. All the day long. Okay? So this doesn't mean that you have to have a specific hour for praising God. But it's all the day long. You know? You ever stop to think, I mean... I can be driving the car or doing something around the house in the, in the garage, just piddling around in the garage. And, and out of my mouth, sometimes I don't even think about it. I would just say, praise God, praise God, praise God. I praise God for the fact that I have a garage. <laughs> praise God for the fact that I have a roof over my head. Amen. I praise God for the fact that I'm breathing. Just praising God, just praising God for everything. Do you have to have reason to praise God? No, you praise God because, because of the fact that he's God and you are who you are. Praise God all the day long. You see? You see? And, and, and I, I dwell on this for a minute because, again, earlier today, many of us raised our hands saying that we want to draw closer to God. Well, drawing closer to God is you. It's more than just you coming to church on a Sunday or a couple of Sundays or one Sunday or just on the five major times of the year, major holidays in the year. Praising God and, and living with God is living with God. That means that you're thinking about God and you're praising Him continually throughout your, your life, your, your day. And when you get used to doing that, you will find yourself growing closer to God. Now, how will growing closer to God manifest itself in, in your life? I'm jumping a little bit ahead of myself here, but how will it, will it manifest itself in your life once you get in the habit of praising God continually and just giving Him the, the, that praise be the fruit of your lips? You'll find that when things come into your life, when troubles come into your life, right away you're realizing that God is greater. That, Lord, I surrender this to you because I can't deal with it. I give this to you because I can't deal with it. I'm surrendering. In a war, one side surrenders to the other. They're saying, what are they saying? I give in to you. And, and they're, in essence, they're putting their lives in the hand of their captors. They're putting their lives into the hand of that side that was victorious over them because now, you know, they have, they have no way of acting for themselves. You get in the habit of praising God regularly, and I say to you, you simply try it. Try it. And you see that when those troubling times come in your life, they will not be nearly as troublesome and challenging because you will realize that I don't have to solve this. Okay? Holy Spirit will come back and tell you what to do. He'll definitely guide you. God is sovereign. He can do anything that he wants, but not too many times in life do we see a miraculous thing come down with poof, boom, all of a sudden you're transported out of your work that you're, that you're troubled with, and all of a sudden you're in this super, super elevated position in life making a million bucks, okay? 
but God is sovereign. He can do what he wants to do. But what I am saying to you, though, if you get in the habit of praising God and realizing that you are less than God and that only he is, is the creator and the king, that you will give more things to him and you will take the burden off of yourself and give it to God. Because when you start praising God, what does it say? That's where he lives. That's where he lives. So you want to inhabit. God inhabits the praises of his people. Okay? Verse number um, 28 again. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. The fourth point here is praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Praise leaves no room. Praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Boy, boy, does that sound familiar to all of us. Praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Sometimes even with our prayers, we can tend to complain about our problems. When you go to God with a prayer, you're complaining about your problem. (laughs) Oh, Lord, I got this problem. Who was that? Someone on an evangelist used to say, one of the televangelists. All my prayers go like, um, um, Lord, my name is Jimmy. All I pray is gimme, gimme, gimme. (laughs) Go before God with everything is negative. The only time that you pray is when there's something to do with your problem. God knows your heart. That's the thing about it. God knows your heart. You can put on all the pretense and pretend to be holier than thou and do all of this, but God knows your heart. God knows exactly where you are relative to him. But he cares about all that concerns us. God cares about those things that are concerning you, those things that you're struggling with. God actually cares about that, and he knows what's going on. But through praise, when we get focused on him, no longer allowing so much attention to be centered around our own struggles, okay, you see what the praise does? It gets your focus off of you, takes that selfie, you know, and turns it the other way. And puts it on God, it gets the praises all off of you. you, you get, you start worrying about your struggles, then we're reminded of what He has already done in our lives. Stop and think about what God has done in your lives. Stop and think about the many times where you had an issue. Something was going on in your life that you were really, really struggling with, and you had a prayer out there to, to, to God for something, for an answer to your problem. And it got down close to the wire. All right, Lord, where are you, Lord, where are you? And God came through. Think about the times when you really had something difficult going in life and you didn't see how things were going to work out, but you were still keeping your faith on God. Maybe you were still a Christian babe at that particular time, but something in you had you still trusting in God. And then at the 11th hour, God came through. May not have been in your time, but it was in God's time. And all of us, every single one of us have had those times in life where there was something there that we struggled with and that we were prayed for, that we were worried about and didn't have the finest idea how it was going to pan out. And God came through and brought you through it. Okay, at that particular time, I hope I hopefully you said, oh, thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Realizing and understanding that God was the one that brought you through it. Okay, praising God. Remember to praise him where all of your blessings come from. He knows what concerns us and is very, very capable, capable of taking care of all that burdens us. Go to Psalm 103. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Psalm 103. This is still under praise, leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. And starting with verse number two. Or starting with number one. Psalm 103, verse number one. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Underline, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all of thy diseases. Who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The main verses there, the operative verses are, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all of thy diseases. You see, God knows what what is troubling you. God knows what's going on in your life. You need to bless him. Bless him continually. Okay? Hebrews number 13. Okay, all this is under praise leaves no room for negativity. Uh, Hebrews 13. Praise the living God. Hebrews 13. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 13, verse number 15. Okay. Verse number 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Underline, let us offer praise, uh, praise to God, then double underline continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving God praise to God continually. So that means more often than just on Sunday during praise and worship before the service starts. This means at all times giving praise to God. And if you're giving praise to God, then there's little room for you, little room and little time for you to have for negativity or, or complaining because you're praising God. And if you're praising God, what is that then doing? It's getting your focus on God. When you're praising God, it's making you humble enough to realize that, that God is much greater than you. You're giving praise to God so to remind you that whatever this negative thing that is trying to invade your mind, the darkness that is trying to come in to make you feel so negative, that with your praising God, God will take care of that. It doesn't leave time for that, you know. They talk about our, um, uh, multitasking, you know, being able to walk and chew gum. Guess what? The mind is not that fast, especially when it comes down to us really having a troublesome time, something really burdening our souls, our spirits, our minds. Because nine out of ten times, you're not multitasking. When you've got something really, really heavy on your mind and in your spirit bothering you, you're, you're seldom multitasking. You're focusing on that alone. That big gorilla that's on your back, that's all that's troubling you. And maybe for a brief second you may multitask and go away and start thinking about something else. Then whoosh, your mind gets right brought back to it. The reason for alcoholism, the reason for drug addiction, the reason for, for in many cases, I won't say all cases, in many cases, multiple marriages, you know, you know and, and all that sort of thing at the, at the same time, <laughs> even. Okay, but all those things is because of the fact that, that, that we are trying to fill that God spot in our lives with some sort of a distraction. With some sort of a distraction, you know. Be it a number of things that we bring into our lives to, 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 to dull the pain, so to speak. Some will take to alcohol, some will take to drugs, some will take to having multiple partners, some will do this, some will do that. But it's, it's really getting away from that God hole that's in the center of us all that is calling to us. Over the millennia, mankind has had many, many things to, to divert their attention and to, to, to fill, to, to, to place that, replace that, or fill, I should say, that God hole. They fill that God hole with trees, with snakes, with animals, with the moon, with the stars, with all sorts of carved, carved images. Amen? The only one that can fill that spot is God himself. 
God himself. But praise leaves no room for complaining and negativity. Praise makes the enemy flee. This is an important one. Praise makes the enemy flee. Number five, praise makes the enemy flee. Praise makes the enemy flee. This is an important one for you can remember, for you to remember. Praise makes the enemy flee. It pushes back the darkness that surrounds and blocks the attacks that come against us. Praise pushes back the evil one when he comes into our lives. Evil, and I emphasize you, evil cannot stick around if you're praising God. Evil cannot stick around if you're praising God. Darkness, the devil himself literally cannot be where there is the praise of God going on. It's very simple. It's very simple. It's not rocket science. You don't have to be, you have to be a, you know, a, a theologian with 35 degrees. It's very simple. Satan wants you to worship him. Darkness wants to be worshipped. Satan cannot stand anyone where the praises of the almighty God is going on. He cannot be there. He must flee. So praise makes the enemy flee. If we're praising God who will fight our battles for us, then that means that we don't have to worry about fighting the battle ourselves, obviously. In the story of Jehoshaphat, we see God miraculously defeat the enemy because of the people's obedience to praise him. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians. I'm sorry, Second Chronicles. Praise the living God. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, uh, chapter 20. Okay. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter for the sake of time, but this is where um, uh, they were coming against Israel. And uh, Judah actually was invaded by Moab, by the Moabites. And Jehoshaphat had prayed and so forth. Um, in verse number three, it says, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah and so forth. And then God told him what to do. And so then going to verse number 20. Okay. Okay. Now, don't forget here, number, uh, item number five here is praise makes the enemy flee. So we see here in Second Chronicles 20, verse number uh, 20. And they arose, they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so you shall prosper. And underline the words, believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the Lord your God. I say to you today, do you believe in the Lord your God? Do you really, 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 really deeply believe in the Lord your God? Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. Underline praise the beauty of holiness. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Underline, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now here he is going into battle with a fearsome enemy. 
And instead of thinking about how they're going to get cannons, or well, they didn't have cannons back then, but how they're going to get their spears and their swords and everything ready to go, at, go against these guys, he's saying here to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise, 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 mercy endures forever. And then in verse 22 it says, And when they began to sing into praise, underline, and when they began to sing into praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Anam, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked into the multitude and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth and none escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. It was so much. So really to paraphrase and to put it in everyday common language, here they were going up against these mighty people. God is basically saying, the battle is not yours, it's mine. God is mine. And he said, this is what you do. You tell the people to praise. Don't worry about fancy plans and strategies against this powerful enemy. You simply praise, simply praise. What did they do? The people were obedient to the prophet. They were obedient and they praised and they praised. And while they were praising, while they were praising, they said that the enemy, these, these several armies came down. They started attacking one another. They were so confused, they started killing off one another. And all Israel had to do, Judah had to do, was to stand back and just watch it all play out. And then they went down and collected the spoils, collected the benefit of what was left. You see, God can do that in your life, too. You have something that's going that you're really, really wrestling with. That, that, that Realize, with the humility thing, realize, first of all, that I am not greater than God, that only God can get me out of this. And you start praising him. That's going to rebuke the evil one. They just, the devil cannot be where you're praising God, where praise of God is going. Okay, And then God will handle the rest of the plan in your life. He'll handle it. Then you just sit back and then you reap the benefits of what God will do. You see? Now, I will say to you very openly and honestly that that is very, very often for Christians to do and for us to do sometimes. You'll have things going on in your life and, and, and to be honest with you, praising God may be the last thing on your mind right now. Praising God may be the last thing that you feel like you're able to do. You've got this weight of this problem down on you. I mean, so the way you just shake it off, because the beautiful thing about praise is that you don't even have to think about formulating a prayer. You don't think about formulating a prayer. You simply give God your love and you thank him for all that he's done in your life and you praise him and worship him for who he is and simply start the praising. That's all you got to do. But that praise has got to be heartfelt. And you, you've got to be living your life to a, in a place, to a place where you feel humble enough that you are surrendered to God, that you're surrendered to God, that you realize that I am not the center. I'm not worried about who the heck is around me. I'm not worried about who in my family may say, you shouldn't do this, or why do you do that? You simply say, you start, Lord, Lord, I praise you. I magnify that most glorious name. Lord, I exalt you, Lord. There's no one greater than you. Thank you so much for loving me. Thank you so much for being my Lord, my God. Oh, Heavenly Father, I love you. I praise thy most wondrous name. You just start praising him, you know? The funny thing is that we can't figure out words to praise God, but in essence, we sing praises to human beings that are in our lives. Okay? We may not say praise to Aunt Tilly, 
But if someone, if Aunt Tilly came to your, came to your rescue when you were three months behind in your mortgage payment or something else was going on and you didn't know where the money was going to come from and Aunt Tilly came out of the blue and gave you the money for it, then you'd be saying, boy, you may even be tearful and whatnot. When Aunt Tilly shows up and says, I had a feeling you were struggling here, I'm going to give you the money to pay the back mortgage, to pay the back car note, whatever, that in your heart you may be saying, you may even get choked up and say, oh boy, and Tilly is sure a wonderful person. I mean, boy, <laughs> boy, she came through at the last minute and she bailed me out, you know, and you feel this deep love for that person. We've all been thankful to another human being for bailing us out of a situation. And any of us that are above the age of 13, for crying out loud, and everyone here is, we've had a situation in our life where there was some need that was out there and we didn't know how the need was going to be met. And another human being came along and helped you with that need. Now, at that particular time, you are so thankful to that person. And there's nothing wrong with that, to be, to be grateful and thankful. And we, in essence, praise that person. We don't say, oh, praise you, John, praise you, Mary, praise you, Aunt Tilly. But we're so thankful to that person that it may even get you choked up when you start telling someone about how wonderful that person was to you. Okay? That's on a human level. We do that. So why is it when it comes down to, to praising God that we have a hard time doing that? Or we don't think about doing it? Don't think about it. And God has done wondrous things in your life. Forget the day-to-day, everyday stuff, breathing and the heart beating and so on. But God has gotten us, all of us, all of us at one time or another, out of a very, very difficult thing. Okay? Okay? So praise can make the enemy, enemy flee. Getting down here to the wire, getting here, uh, number six, praise makes room for God's blessing over our lives. God will not hold back his goodness. Praise opens the gateway of blessings. As we come into the presence of our king, God can praise can open the door, open the door. Number six, praise makes room for God's blessing over our lives. Amen. Praise makes room for God's blessings over our lives. It opens the door, it opens the gateway of blessings as we come into the presence of God. Okay, if we go to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Psalm 100. And verse number 4. As a matter of fact, start with number 1. Psalm 100, verse number 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know you that the Lord of God, he is God. That, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. <laughs> it is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Please highlight all of, all of verse number four and un- underline it specifically. They are entering into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. All right. So verse number four again, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. These are things here. I'm telling you, these scriptures and what we're saying today will set you free. 
It'll set you free. You can believe it or not, but it'll set you free if you dare to do what the word of God is telling you to do. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's Ephesians 1, verse number 3. You can just put that on your margin someplace. You can write it down. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, verse number 3. Number 7. We're getting there. Number 7. The next topic here, the next item is when we praise, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. When we praise God, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. Amen. When we praise, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. Now, this is something that everybody should really be. Be grabbing onto here and like really, oh, give me that, give me that, give me that. When we praise, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in his presence. We're strengthened by his peace and refueled by God's joy when we praise him. Through, through a heart of praise, we realize that God doesn't just change our situations and work through our problems, but he changes our hearts. See, you, you may have heard me say this before, but there are times which happens to, to many people that you'll have a day where in the morning, afternoon, evening or whatever, you'll just start feeling kind of out of sorts. Feel like you feel like you just don't feel comfortable. Um, not quite something isn't right. Not that anything is wrong, but you just feel like something is missing or whatever, whatever. It's kind of that nagging thing when you leave for work and you leave your wallet at home and you're saying something. I don't have something. And you, don't, you don't know what it is. Many times in our lives we have that sort of day where things just don't seem just right. You're feeling kind of down, even though there's nothing wrong with your wife or your husband or the kids. aren't. You're just feeling kind of down, kind of out, out of sorts. Um, this is when your spirit needs to be refreshed. This is where your spirits need to be refreshed. And at that time, what I oftentimes do, I'll just go in and my wife, God bless her, she's learned over the years to know that if I'm not in the living room where she is watching TV or whatever and I'm nowhere to be seen in the immediate um, distance of the house, that she'll know that I'm upstairs praying, that I've gone away to pray because there's something that's in my spirit. Sometimes it can be something even that's coming down the pike for you. There may be something that's pending with your kids or your job or in the neighborhood or whatever that's going on. And maybe God just wants some time to speak to you. But those times that I've had that kind of off, kind of down, not quite feeling, I've gone away and just started praising God. Many times what I will do as a, as a tool for you, maybe it's a tool for me, but I will grab my, uh, my phone and put, on some, put some earbuds buds in my ear and start playing some praise music and Christian music and whatnot and then just go into my prayer closet and just start praising God. Just start praising him with nothing on my agenda. Just start praising him. And I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, as you're doing that, you will feel a refreshing in your spirit. You will feel a renewal. Sometimes you'll hear Holy Spirit speaking to you, giving you some direction about something. And you'll feel the problem, the burden lifting off your shoulder because the word of God says that, that it, it, it will refresh you. Because why? Because you're in God's presence. You see, many times there are things happening in your life, and God, of course, knows that they're happening. But many times God wants to see if you're going to love him enough and want to know him enough and desire him enough to come to him and say, Father, I need your help or I simply need your presence. 
You know, there have been times and whatnot, <laughs> you know, we all we all get old and as we mature and things and our parents have, have passed on and whatnot. And there are there times even still today that I will think back to those times of consolation where I would run to my mom with a problem or run to my dad with a problem and talk to them. And they're refreshing times. They're good memories. They're good memories. OK, but the wonderful thing about God is God knowing, obviously, that our parents are not going to always be here. God is always here. So the times where you're feeling kind of off and there's something in your life and you're not quite sure what it is, but there's something unsettling, you're not relaxed or whatever, try going to your prayer closet simply to start praising God. You don't even need to have a fancy prayer. Of course, if you pray in God's heavenly language and you're able to pray in tongues, that, that helps, of course, because then you can just simply pray in tongues and let the Holy Spirit just minister to you. Okay, but praising God, praising, praising God, first of all, as we as we saw earlier, brings you into his presence. And if you're in God's presence, then that feeling of, 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 of dread or whatever it is that's troubling you is not going to stay there because that's of darkness. That's of darkness. OK, if you're feeling something like that, there's something going on, something going on that is not quite right or not quite there. Or maybe simply you need a recharge of Holy Spirit because you've been away for too long. Or sometimes you need a recharge to be. It's, it's almost like um, um, when the when the when the, the weatherman tells you that there's going to be a big snow coming down. And uh, well, here in the northwest, we don't do studded tires, I think, or what they talk about, about change. But I remember back east there right away when the summer, when the winter starts coming, coming before they had had all-weather tires, you start thinking about putting your snow tires on. You start getting prepared. Well, when you start feeling this kind of feeling of dread or something is not quite going on, then you start, you get into the habit of saying, okay, I better be prepared here now because either, either, either I'm short on gas, so to speak. I need to recharge. I need to be in God's presence. I need to be rejuvenated or something may be coming down the pike that God wants to tell me about. All right. All right. Many times God will give you some warnings as to something that's going to be coming down the pike the next day at work in your home or whatever the situation might be. But if we don't believe in our heart of hearts that that praise can do anything for us, that we really don't believe that if deep in our hearts, we are really not desiring to get closer to God. If we are really not believing that there's doubts there, then it's not going to work. You might as well just get up and go home right now because it's just not this message is not going to mean anything to you. You see, but if you really, 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 really want to overcome the things that's coming on in, in your life, if you really, really, really want to have the ability to be ahead of those things that are coming on in your life, you need to get and lock on to the power of praising God. It's not something I just dreamed up. It's in Scripture. I didn't make this up. It's all in Scripture. Everything that we've read today is in the Word of God. Okay? The, 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 the problem is, do you believe it? Do you believe it or not? Okay? When we, we, when we praise, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in His presence. The last one here, it, it, uh, oh, let's just go to, uh, let's go to Psalm 16. A couple more scriptures here. Psalm 16. Psalm 16. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. All right, and let's go to um, go to verse eight. Psalm 16, verse eight. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Underline that, please. I have set the Lord always before me. Read Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. That right there screams wondrous things. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. 
Is God at your right hand? If not, then you're not going to be moved. You're not going to be shifted to the side if God is at your right hand. Verse number nine. Therefore, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. You see, you see, if you understand what God is telling you here, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption, referring to Jesus. So shall not let thy holy one see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in your presence. Is what? In your presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Please highlight on the line all of that in particular. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Okay? When you praise, your spirit can be refreshed and renewed in his presence. So in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. I never, I've never heard of anyone that has gone into the presence of joy and in the presence of God and say that they didn't experience joy. If you go away to pray, pray, you go in your prayer closet and pray. And if you come out feeling more depressed than when you went in there, then you got a problem. And you need to wonder who met you in that prayer closet. That's what you really start, need to start thinking. Amen? Amen? So if you're in the presence of God, then, then when you come back out of that prayer closet, that bathroom or from the bedroom, wherever you went for a few minutes and you told your spouse, I'll be back, I'm going away to pray. And when you come back, if you're feeling worse than when you went upstairs, then yeah, you need to start thinking about who did I go meet with just now for an hour. Okay? But you should come out of that thing really feeling refreshed because I'm telling you, time after time has never failed me. God will give you some direction. Okay, and if, and and if he doesn't just give you direction, you will walk out of that place knowing because maybe sometimes when you're in deep prayer with God, he's not ready for you to know exactly what it is he wants you to do. Or maybe he doesn't want you to know at that particular time exactly what's going on. But I tell you one thing, you always will learn from God. Always, always, always that when you leave that prayer room, what you will hear in there uh, in, when you're praying with God is be still, be still. I'm in charge. You hear things like, give it to me. I fight your battles. You don't worry. You hear things like, cast your care upon me because I care for you. And at that point, then all you have to walk out of there saying, well, wow, what a relief, man. Whoa, thank you, Jesus, Lord, I praise you. I don't have to worry about doing this myself. I don't have to worry about where the mortgage payment is coming from because I just know God just told me it's going to be handled. I don't have to know how I'm going to get this new car because God just told me that he's going to work it out. I don't have to worry about this new position, this new promotion. I don't have to worry about how am I going to get away from this miserable job that I'm in because God just told me he's going to work it out. You see, but this is when it comes to your really, 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 your belief and your faith, unmovable faith, that God is indeed who he says he is and that God is, is to you what he says he is to you. If you don't have that firmness, that strength in your belief and faith in God, then I don't care what you hear from God, you're not going to believe it. Because you got to see it for yourself. Because you got to feel it and touch it. What did uh, uh, Doubting Thomas say? Oh, I won't believe until I can put my finger in his side and touch his hands. I won't believe that Jesus is risen. So Jesus showed up. <laughs> Jesus showed up, okay, touch my side, touch my hands. But we don't want to be doubting Thomases. Because otherwise, everything that you've heard for the last, oh, 45 minutes or so is just a waste of your time. 
Because you're going to work out here, walk out of here come Monday morning or come Sunday night. Something's going to blow up in your, in your, in your life. Something will come down the pike. Some information will come your way that'll be troublesome. And right away you'll forget what it is that you heard. You'll forget about praising God. I've had things happen with the kids and all parents have things happening, happen with the kids. And when you got boys in the house, a lot of things happen with the kids. <laughs> Amen. I praise God. I have, I have good kids. I have good kids. I praise God for that. But things happen. It's life. Children will be children. But whatever things happen with any of the kids, then they may or may not even know this. But the first thing my wife and I did, we got together and we prayed. We prayed. The first thing. Oh, you didn't go running out the door. No, we didn't. Running out the door for what? Where to? To do what? First thing we did, Lord, we give you praise. Here's the situation. La, 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 they are. You know, give us direction. Give us strength. Da, 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 and so forth. And God will tell us how to pray. Okay? But you've got to get in the habit of doing it because you've got to believe that it works. If you don't, then you'll keep on struggling. Okay? In, in 60, uh, Psalm 63, 3 and 4, we say, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. We did that before. The last one, he had paved the way for God's power to be displayed. Okay? It paves the way for God's power to be displayed. This is the last item here, number eight. It paves the way, praising God, it paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles happen. It paves the way for miracles to be displayed. It paves the way for God's power to be displayed. Miracles happen. Praising God, praising God. It opens the door for God's power to be activated and for miracles indeed to happen. People's lives are affected and changed. God shakes things up through praise. God shakes things up through praise. As Paul and Silas sat in prison, shackled and chained, they kept right on praising God. And God sent an earthquake that shook the cells and broke the chains. The jailer and all his family wound up coming to know Christ that very, very night. We all remember the um, Battle of Jericho, that wall that came tumbling down. They were trying to figure out what they should do. And you've heard me mention before that according to archaeologists, the walls around Jericho had to be some, some uh, 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 eight feet or so thick because it was wide enough for a chariot to ride along the top of the wall. That's what they were built in those days. It was wide enough for a chariot to ride, to drive along the top of that wall. So it wasn't, it wasn't a little, uh, uh, you know, couple of things of sheetrock. <laughs> that were there, or a few bricks. It was thick. God didn't say bring out a cannon or manufacture a, or a, a catapult with big rocks to knock it down. Assemble the musicians and the priests and mark it, walk around it, and then at the last day, blow the trumpet and shout and praise God, and that's what they did, and the walls fell. So you think if praise can battle, can tear down walls, and if you think here, according to this, as I said, Paul and Silas was in. Matter of fact, let's just go there real quickly in closing here. Uh, Acts number 16. Acts number 16, and we're going to close here. Acts number 16, um, verse 25. We'll just go. We won't go through the whole, the whole uh, story here. We'll just zero in on verse 25. Okay, they were thrown into prison. prison. And this is all under praising God paves the way for God's power to be displayed. That's when miracles happen. 
The same miracles that happen here can happen in your life also. Acts 16, and we'll just go to verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and did what? Sang praises. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. Underline, sang praises. Paul uh, prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's hands were loosed. So highlight all of 26. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately the doors were opened, and everyone's hands, everyone's hands were loosed. The power of praise. The power of praise. The same way they were set free from prison, so can you be set free from prison. Whatever things in your life that might be going on, whatever things that you're praying and that you're hoping for, and for right now it seems to be so impossible, you can be set free from worrying about that. You can be set free from whatever may come up in your life. And we can see that way things are changing internationally and nationally and even locally for that matter. We see that the darkness is trying to carve its way, is trying to push its way into our lives, especially as Christians. We see that happening. We see that happening now. You don't know what the future holds. Or one thing I do know that the future can hold for you is that you can be set free if you remember that whatever comes across your threshold, whatever comes across your doorway, whatever comes into your life by way of your children, by way of your boss, by way of the the, the next door neighbor, by way of someone in the supermarket, whatever comes into your life that seems to be a challenge to you, you can overcome it through praise, by praising God, remembering that you are not Miss It or Mr. It. That you're not all that, that you think that you are. That God is the one that is in charge. God is the one that is superior to you. You have a choice every day of your life. In closing here, you have a choice in every day of your life. A choice. A choice to believe God. I mean, when I say believe God, that's don't mean, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yeah, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Do you believe? You, yes, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But then your everyday life doesn't show that you believe. So who are you fooling? You're not fooling God. He knows your heart. God knows how you respond when there's an issue in your life. God knows deep, deep, deep in your heart how much you really, really believe in. How much you challenge the things of his word because it doesn't meet with your scientific mind. Or doesn't meet with how you were raised or what you witnessed as you were going through school or were educated or what have you. And I, 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 I am speaking loudly to myself because I was there. If you couldn't show me where two plus two were four and I didn't have a, 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 a triangle or a computer to prove it, then I just wouldn't believe it. Existence and all of that. So I was very much, I still do love science, but now I know the origins of science. So I know who God is and I know the realities of God because I've lived and I've experienced it. I've been there when I've come through situations that were seemingly hopeless. I know that God is exactly who he says he is. But if we can't get to the point, though, that we just take this thing that we call this, this construct that we call Christianity, that we, that, that we have to take it and put it into a box so we can understand and figure out how it works. If we have to do that before we can just believe with unfettered belief and really, really trust in God, then you're going to go through life with a life that's missing a lot. 
You go through a life where the things happening around you, you won't even see, you won't even notice. Those of us who have children, you need to really, 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 really be in line with God these days because we see things happening as prophesied in the Bible beginning to unfold right now before our eyes. So you need to make a decision. Where are you going to be with God? Are you understanding the importance of praising that God has given you a powerful tool of understanding? Don't try to figure out how it happens, but just know that God says, I inhabit the praises of my people. So if I'm one of his people and I start praising, that means that God's there. Don't try to figure out how that is happening or how that works. Just know that if I start praising God, God is there. Okay, And as you believe that deeply within your spirit and as you act it out in your life, you will experientially see that as you praise, God inhabits that presence or where you are. That you will be in his presence. That you will see and feel a difference in your life. So don't take my word for it as someone who's been there before and after. But take the word of God's word for it. Take his word for it and try it for yourself and see. You don't have to lead, lead a life that is, is, is filled with pain. Jesus said we will have tribulation. Yes, we will. But it's how we respond to that trial and tribulation that separates us from the, from the unbeliever. We have choices every day in this life. To live absorbed in worry and stress on the fast track of busy focus only on what surrounds us. Tune into the roar of the world. Or we can simply ask God to help us take our eyes off all that may be swirling around us. Ask God, Lord, don't let me look at what's going on around me. Don't let me look at our problems and the mess that's going around me. Don't let me be confused by the voices of others. That's a big one. You need to be at a point where you're praising God, where you're always in God's presence, because the voices of others will always be there to, quote-unquote, to counsel you. And not all voices that are claiming to counsel you are counseling you for your good. So again, you need to know and be in the presence of God so you know that what voice is of him and what voice is not of him. Because there are many people out there willing to give you so much advice. No matter what's going on, we can look up to God, to the one who holds it all together and who holds you in your hands. Look up to him. God has you in his hands. God desires your whole heart, not a part of it, but your whole heart. So when are you going to actually say, Lord, here's my whole heart? I mean, really, really, really give yourself to God, really. That is to be counseled by him, to be guided by him, not to be popular by other people, not to take the advice of others. God will sometimes use others to give you advice. I'm not saying don't ever listen to anybody, but what I'm saying to you is that you weigh very carefully what other human beings are saying to you. That's all I'm saying. God will many times use another human being, but many times it's through confirmation of something that he has already said to you. If it is something new to you, you need to check that with God. Lord, is this of you? Should I do this? Is is what I just heard, is that really you wanting me to do this? But you won't know that. You won't know the answer if you're not able to get into his presence. And what's the key? It's to praise him. God desires your whole heart. He waits for us to return. He longs for us to know the power of his presence over our lives. He desires to bless us more. He really wants to bless you more than you could ever imagine. His spirit urges you onward, calling you closer and closer every day. I pray that God will help you to open up. I pray that God will help you to look up. And I pray that God will help to open your mouth and to sing Sing, 
Sing. Let your spirit sing praises to his most holy, most wondrous name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.